Hey, Revelation Wellness friends, we are so glad that you are here with us today for a beautiful conversation that your heart needs to hear as we enter the Advent season. Today, our friend Kara is back hosting with us as she and artist, author, and friend Ruth Joe Simons sit down to talk about how we can posture our hearts not to have the perfect Christmas, but to have a Christmas filled with the love of God who is with us. This episode is filled with practical ways that you can release pressure and expectation and embrace the wonder that God came to bring us. As we enter this season, we want to thank each and every one of our incredible donors who support the Revelation Wellness Ministry. Without your support, this podcast would not be able to be on the airwaves sharing the good news of Jesus' love. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for being on mission with us throughout 2022. And if you're not on mission with us yet, please consider partnering with us through your generosity as we train and equip those in their communities to serve as the hands and feet of Jesus. You can swipe up to the show notes to learn more about how to become a partner with us today. Your donations change generations to come as you empower our mission to share the gospel to the ends of the earth. Thank you again, friends, for being here, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Peace. Okay. Hey, y'all, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. I'm so glad that you pushed play today and really excited for y'all to join me in hearing from Ruth Cho Simons. Y'all are probably familiar with her as soon as I said her name, but Ruth is the author of eight books. They're all really beautiful. If you've never seen them, they're really beautiful. Um, She's also an artist, the founder of Grace Laced. She's a speaker. She's a wife and a mom of six boys and also an entrepreneur. So Ruth, we are so glad you're here today. Thanks for saying yes to talking with us. I'm so honored to be here. It's so fun to finally get to come. Yes. And today we're going to be talking about Ruth's newest book, which is called Emmanuel. And I'm super excited to talk about that because I love Christmas. Christmas is sort of a thing starting on Veterans Day. Every year I decorate my house and I get everything out and ready. Amazing. Um, But Ruth's going to be talking with us just about an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas and always. And so I decided we'd start off today just by reading you a quote from this book. uh, So y'all can kind of hear where we're going. But it says this, if Jesus is the reason for the season, then the resurrection is really the most life-changing event that we can celebrate. The baby Jesus born to Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem is truly a miracle only because he was the promised Messiah. Without the cross, the baby in the manger is but novel and fascinating, not life-changing. And what we long for right now in the midst of the hustle, the mess, and the mundane is life-changing. We want the Christmas miracle to change our lives and not just our wallets. Perhaps when we struggle to experience that kind of heart change at Christmas, it is because we've left the resurrection out of the celebration 
of the incarnation. So I read those words and I'm so excited for the book and for people to get a hold of it. But Ruth, tell us kind of how this came about. Like what made you decide to write about this topic specifically? Yeah, well, I'll just start by saying I am not the mama who gets really excited about decorating all things. I think because I, you know, not we're not all wired the same way, even though I'm super artistic, I get right. very overwhelmed. Like right. I always want to, I always get excited, but maybe it's because I'm in retail, but come the holiday season, it just feels like I'm always playing catch up. I'm going, yeah. oh, I thought I wanted to put this up or I wanted it to look more festive. And so there's always this pressure and I find myself in... I know I'm not the only one, but most times I find myself hustling through the holiday season and finally going, okay, well, I'm so grateful for my family and now it's over. And there's something about that season where, and some of us are wired differently, where maybe you are so good at setting it up ahead of time and you are easing into the season. And I'm not saying that everybody's rushing through it, but I know for some of us, it can, it can go by so fast and we wonder did I miss the whole magic of Christmas yes, because, yes. I'm not, because I'm not good at it or I don't bake the cookies or I d wasn't able to have a bunch of people over mm -hmm. or my living room is still under construction and I can't like get it to be look the way I want it to look. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that we end up feeling mm -hmm. like are the reasons why we can't truly celebrate. And so for our family, you know, I've got six boys and over the years at Christmas, we're not super good at being able to consistently every single day, um, you know, open little advent packages or light candles or do all the traditions. It's not always that way. Some years we get it real great. And some other years yeah. we're like barely making it through. But a couple of years ago, we were trying to just figure out how to serve the Grace Lace community. And I was thinking about the words prepare him room. And, and we just created a 25 day journey that was beautifully you know, just art on cards with a simple thought and a simple question, because the thought in my heart was, all I know is that it's not about the Christmas season. The Christmas season is to remind us that God with us is all year long. It's right. like, that's the time that we are really remembering that the Jesus born in a manger is the Christ that becomes our Messiah forevermore. Yes, right. yes. And so that's that was presented in the simplest form in card form and so several years later i said okay it needs to be a full-on devotional journey because there's more messaging in my heart than can mm. show up on these little cards mm. and so that's the heart of it kara is that really um i i really believe that if every woman could stop and pause during the christmas season and say okay what is the goal here? What am I really trying to accomplish? Am I trying to please family members? Am I trying to please my kids? Am I trying to feel like I made the most of the season? Those are, none of those things are wrong things. But if we miss the fact that God is wanting us to prepare room in our hearts for him, yes, and he has made the promise of the, the Messiah that we ought to respond to him and that we truly can know all the ways he is God with us. If we miss that, we've really missed yeah. the truth of how to celebrate Christmas. Yeah, the rest won't matter. I love that. So when you're talking about this preparing him room, making space, right, to really um, commune with the Lord and to think about, like you said, the baby in the manger is also the resurrected king, right? That's powerful. Mm -hmm. It's life shifting. But how do we do that? What does that look yeah. like in a, in a daily, um, even moment by moment kind of way of living? What's it look like? 
Absolutely. You know, I, um, anyone who knows me knows that I am a big fan of preaching truth to ourselves because yes. preaching good sermons, preaching the gospel to ourselves, because right. I keep thinking that somehow we can, it can be a one and done. I'm always like, shouldn't I just like know the power of the resurrection mm-hmm. and then live free and powerfully yeah. all day, every day. Yeah. You no, know, it's every day. I have to remind myself the power of the resurrection every yes. day. I have to remind myself that Jesus is King and I am not. Mm-hmm. And that is a difficult thing to do during the holiday season, unless you remind yourself the gospel. That's why Emmanuel, this book is broken into four weeks, four different parts. The first week we focus on our posture. What's the posture of our hearts? Because we don't start there with where, how we're coming to him, what is going on in our hearts, where, where we're feeling anxious, where we're feeling lonely, how it is that we're holding on with tight fists rather than letting go. If we don't start there, then we really can't receive God's promise, which is Mm -hmm. what we talk about in the second week. And then the third week, it's our response to those promises. And in the fourth week are um, the names of Jesus. He's our Messiah. And so it really is to answer your question. How do we do that? How do we remember that he is the resurrected Christ? And why does that matter in our everyday lives? It's by starting with knowing the truth and then being able to rehearse it and apply it to our lives. And so the truth is what better way can we celebrate the Christmas season than to revisit and make sure we are postured right in our heart before him and that we can truly receive the truth of the gospel and why it matters all year round. I love that. And I love that you're saying we're reminding ourselves of that truth. Mm -hmm. I think it's so distracting sometimes because we're maybe looking at the wrong things and being reminded of all these other things that don't matter, right? Like the the Christmas decorations they have or the parties that they had or what you were or weren't invited to all those things. We make it about this other stuff. Yes, because the truth is, I I don't think um, I'm the only one here, but we're all longing for something bigger than the Christmas season. We're longing for peace. We're wanting to know that we're loved. We're wanting to communicate to those that we love, that we truly do love them, that it matters. We want peace, love, belonging. These are the things that we're actually looking for. Uh And God sent Christ to be the conduit of all those things that we truly long for. So in the Christmas season, when we walk into Target and we're wanting all these things, usually at the root of it, it's not about the stuff. It's that we want the feeling of peace, love, belonging. It's that we want to experience something that we feel like we can't get a hold of unless we, unless we surround ourselves with these things or these people. And there's nothing wrong with any of that, except that we miss the true provision through Christ if we don't recognize that he is the actual thing that we've been longing for. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mentioned earlier, I really love Christmas. And so I, I kind of build it up, right? Like it's, I, I have I love all these it. expectations, right? Of yes. what it's going to look like and how well my kids are going to get along. And they're going to be so joyfully overwhelmed <laughs> by the things we do. And so the expectations I place leading up to it are, are a lot. And so it's this constant going back to, okay, I need, I need to get my hopes up, but I need to lower my expectations mm-hmm. on other people and what it's going to look like. But for me, traditionally, the day after Christmas can be really sad. Like if I'm being honest, it feels right. very sad. And so what you're speaking to is such good information for me to go back. Okay. Wh- what is on the throne of my heart when I've allowed it to steal my joy, right. to steal my peace? 
um, yeah, I always say December 26th is the saddest day of the year to me, but really Isn't it funny because it's it anticlimactic be if we've built it up in our hearts yes. to really treasure something that is confined to a time and place. If yes. we treasure something that's confined to a certain day or a certain environment, then we will be disappointed when those things are removed. And yeah. so I, I even, um, I think it's even in the first week in the posture week, we talk about, um, pivoting from expectations to anticipation, because mm -hmm. the truth is we really need to anticipate what God's already done rather mm -hmm. than expect, have expectation for how things should be done for us. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference there, right? Yes. And also releasing our people from those expectations, right? Like, I feel like I put so much pressure on my people with what it's supposed to look like, sound like, feel right. like. Right. That's, that's not good for, for anyone at all. Um, with you talking about that week of where you're talking about our posture, one of the questions I jotted down was um, you wrote in that section that posture is the unseen rudder that directs the way we welcome any circumstance. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about that. Like, what is that? Why is that? Well, the posture of our hearts will actually determine how we face a hardship an unwanted circumstance and unexpected trial. I think a lot of times we think we will face those things with the tools that are on our tool belt. So we're like, okay, I, I've done this, I've done that, I have this in my schedule, I have a good counselor. All those things may be helpful, but truly in the same way that um, if you, I, this is maybe a silly example, but if you're laying down flat on the ground and you need to get up and go right away, you're not going to get up very easily, quickly, because your posture is right. one where you're completely not ready to go. But if right. your posture is one of um, readiness, then you can anticipate the next step very easily. You kind of know how to um, orient your heart to what is needed. And so I think about how it's a rudder because when our hearts are postured in a way where we're grateful, when we are acknowledging Christ as King, and it's not us that's sitting on the throne of our hearts, when that's our posture, then Christmas cannot go the way you expect. There could be a family um, disagreement that right takes a long time to work out, or you could be hitting a financial struggle that you didn't anticipate, or you could hit a health crisis, whatever it is that comes your way this Christmas, because sometimes it does. Sometimes it comes right in the middle of the season. Then the posture of your heart already places you in a place where you say, I worship God, my King, because, and I'm not worshiping um, perfect circumstances or the way I think that things all sh should turn out in my life. And also the posture of worshiping him also means that you recognize that God with us, because that's what Emmanuel means, right. that he's with you even when those unwanted circumstances that's right. occur. Right. Right? Yeah. So if that's the posture of your heart, that you're like, I welcome you, Emmanuel, King Jesus, God with us and you recognize that he's with you all the time, then it doesn't matter what happens December 26th or January 1 or January 20th. You know, whatever day of the year it is, he's still with us. That's right. That hope hasn't shifted. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Okay. So when we think about Christmas, it's often like a season of wonder, right? Mm -hmm. I can think about being a kid and, and not being able to sleep because you're so excited <laughs> and uh, all the traditions that kind of surround that. I think all of us can look back and, and remember times when we were filled with wonder 
how do we get back to that place when it's really easy to tune out the real message, the real hope and yeah. get back to a place of wonder at what God's done on our behalf? Yeah. Well, just as a, just practically speaking, I find that I am most drawn into awe and wonder when I'm not looking at man-made things all the time, yes. when yes. I'm not focusing on the things that I can create or the things that somebody else has made, the things that I can buy, the things that I can hold in my hand or the little device that is sitting in my palm yes. that right. shows me that everything that everybody else is doing. Yes. So the number one you know, awe and wonder stealer from my life is when I'm looking down at my mm. device or looking down at mm. constantly the things that I'm um, working on. I am able to remember that God is the God of wonder when I look up, when I start each day and go, wow, I literally have nothing to do with what happened to cause this day to begin. The sunrise is incredible. The sunset is incredible. And I always love to say, we all have access to that. It doesn't matter where you live. You don't have to live in Western Colorado, where I'm from. You don't, you can be um, in a busy city and you still have access to a sunrise and a sunset. You still can see the stars come out at night. You still know that the day and the night is called into order because God is at, um, he's He's, he's holding it all together. Yeah, he's on his throne, yeah. Yes, right. in Colossians 1. And so the reminder there is that if we start that practice even now, if we start opening our eyes to wonder and awe for him even now, yes. then we're not so mesmerized when Target's displays all come out. Right. And I, I love Target displays. So do not hear me. Yeah. Not, not <laughs> I'm always like, right. Is there a budget for all these little beautiful things? Yeah. I do love beautiful things. Yeah. I'm not knocking that. I just, all I'm saying to my sisters who are listening in is just simply beautiful things that aren't made by God don't satisfy. Never beautiful sustain. things, That's right. beautiful That's things right. that he, by human hands will never uh, fill that space of emptiness that you feel. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, we need to be filled with the awe mm. and wonder of who God is and what he's done. And he's left it in his word, but yeah. I, I read God's word. And sometimes I just need to go outside and remind myself and look to what he's made to remind me that, um, that's the God we're talking yeah. about. Consider the works of his hands. Yes. 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 Okay. So practically we, we just said you're a mother of six. That's incredible. How, how do you model that? How do you teach mm -hmm. that with your kids? Okay. So. I think this is a really good question because I'm I'm certainly talking about big paradigm things, but on a very practical level, um, and I, I say this cautiously because I don't think there's ever a formula for parenting and I don't right. think that one way works for, for right. everyone. But in our home, we really do watch how the way we talk about getting a new cell phone or the way we talk about presence or the way we talk about decor um, I watch the way my lips speak about having people over. Do I talk about it like the very best thing we can give somebody is a well-decorated home and a fancy dinner party? Or do I talk about having somebody else over because it's a way to serve them? It's so easy to slip into speaking about things in a way that um, doesn't reflect the truth of what we want to believe in our hearts through the right. gospel. And so even just being disciplined and saying, I'm not going to choose to talk about it that way because it's informing my children mm -hmm. to put a treasure and a higher priority mm -hmm. on the things that don't have anything to do with the gospel. Yeah. And so, so on a practical level, it's, um, not sitting around and, um, 
making wish lists all the time. It's not um, obsessing about what we want and what we don't have, mm-hmm. um, limiting how much we surf on the internet. And, um, you know, either from mama to be quote inspired or for the children to be um, gathering ideas for the things that is missing are missing in their lives, right? Just on a practical level, it's kind of a discipline of time and accessibility to the things that don't nourish our hearts. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes just being sober-minded about those things, right? Yes. We don't even realize sometimes that we're fixating or speaking about things often. Right. Sometimes I'll even hear my kids say something and I have this moment where I say, oh wait, that came from me, right? Like they heard mm-hmm. that here and you don't even realize you've made it something that seems like a bigger priority but your kids are accurate reflectors of that, right? Like they they give really good information with that. So I think in some ways we have to just say, we prioritize what matters to us. Yes. Right. We all have 24 hours in a day and we get to decide how we will use that time. And so Troy and I, Troy's my husband, and we talk often, like we can't say that Jesus matters the most in this household and that he is the most important person in this home. We can't say that if we don't talk about him. Mm. And that doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that it has to look like this perfect quiet time or perfect devotional, or that your family has to get around for for a one hour prayer meeting. That's not what we're talking about. But if the majority of our time is spent talking about things that are not of Christ, then how can we possibly say and believe that we will be transformed and be shaped by God with us if we're not actually collectively choosing to think on him more. And so in some ways, even writing a manual was in the same vein, kind of the, the same hope for um, that w- that motivated the book that I wrote, Foundations, the um, yes. family devotional. It was kind of in that same vein of saying, what can I do to begin the conversation for families who don't know how to begin talking about Jesus? It's sometimes difficult to figure out how to get to the heart of why Christ matters. And so hopefully the book is a resource for that. Mm-hmm. Especially if people haven't necessarily had that daily practice in their own yes, homes, it can exactly. be very difficult. And so I love that this book kind of lays it out for them. It gives them a section mm-hmm. each day, which will be super helpful as they're trying to learn to navigate. Can you think of a Christmas in the past, Ruth, where maybe you didn't get it right, where maybe y'all did lose your footing a little bit, or what did that look like for y'all? Absolutely. Um, You know, this book was completely birthed from a desire to help even my family recenter and focus on what really um, we want to rehearse all year round. Um, Early on in Grace Laced, um, history. So Grace Lisa is my online company and Christmas is a season where we're doing a lot of shipments. Um, this is a gift buying season. So our website is busy. And when you're in retail, um, even online e-commerce retail, it's just a super busy season. And I will just say there was a year where, um, there was a lot of fighting. I mean, yeah. I'm sure this is more than one year, but I can remember yeah. specifically one year where there were, there were a lot of tears on Christmas day, um, mm. by somebody specific. And that would be me. And, um, <laughs> and there were, um, lots of tears leading up to Christmas because it felt stressful. It felt yeah. like I, like I literally didn't see any of the things that I wanted to happen come to fruition. Um, 
it felt like everybody else was experiencing some magical, wonderful time. And I wasn't right. Everybody was like getting together with extended family. And I wasn't, and I was experiencing all these things. And rather than collecting my people and saying, okay, so things aren't going really real well right now. We've been working more than we've been worshiping and we're exhausted and a little cranky with one another. Let's remind ourselves about Jesus. I think it was easy to want to be like, well, let's just go and, um, you know, get an advent calendar or go do something that will make it more magical. And, you know, getting candy or lighting candles, all those things are wonderful and beautiful, but nothing satisfies the heart. Like saying y'all, um, Jesus doesn't need us to have the perfect Christmas tree. God isn't disappointed in us mm. when we haven't hosted all the parties that we thought we would right. host. Right. What he wants is our hearts. He's after our hearts. And so if in this season, we try to offer him a beautiful home and a beautiful dinner party and all the lights strung up perfectly, but we haven't offered him our hearts, then we're getting it wrong. And That's I right. remember literally getting to Christmas day and being like, okay, reset. I missed it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little late, mm-hmm. but um, it's not too late to go into the new year, remembering that it's not just about Christmas day. It's about yeah. how we give him our hearts always. And Christmas is a good time to remember this. Yeah. And I love that it, even on January 1st, you could reset, right? Like every moment we choose again, what yes. are we posturing our hearts to? So that's yes. so good. Such a good reminder. Do y'all have favorite Christmas traditions that you do with your boys? Hmm. Well, I feel like it changes all the time because my oldest is 20 and my youngest is nine. And wow. how many years were we in the little years, right? Where right. it just felt yeah. like, I mean, shout out to all the mamas who are like, who gets to make cookies? I mean, it's right. just a mess and it's just hard. And so absolutely, I get that. Um, yeah. You know, I would say our the 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 greatest tradition that we love to keep is that we love to open our home on Christmas Eve. And that's, mm-hmm. um, we love to have anyone who um, is without a family to come over. And we just love mm-hmm. to feast with others on Christmas Eve. That's the thing that we, I would say we keep the most every single year. But in terms of little traditions, daily traditions, we, um, we often just read, um, something together. We often, um, we don't read the same thing every year, actually. Um, and then we all always, always find a way to, um, to bring out some of our favorite decorations and then talk about like what year so-and-so made this one. And, you know, so it's always some fun, nostalgic, memory of um the crafty sons in this home so yeah a lot of things were created by some of our boys i love that i was thinking as you were talking about you know memories that people would have and ornaments from different seasons and things and for some people christmas prompts really great memories but also it brings up Mm -hmm. a lot of sadness sometimes if you're missing someone who's no longer with you or that your situation doesn't look like you think it should look and so the things you've talked about up to this point and also in your book are going to be so helpful for us when we do feel those feelings of sadness to come up, to reorient to the fact yes. that no matter how we may be missing someone or disappointed in circumstances or any of that, the sufficiency of what God did through Christ is still the same. Amen. And so we yep. can have That's hope exactly in that. It. I love the line of the Christmas hymn. It says, a weary world rejoices. Absolutely. And so we can feel weary and we can feel sad, but we can still rejoice in that Absolutely. shift in our homes. 
Yeah. Okay. So if anybody's followed you for long, they've seen just the, the talent you have, the beautiful artwork that you create. So how did you get started in that? How did you begin with art? Mm, well, I've, I've been drawing or painting for as long as I could remember. Okay. And uh, I, I don't think I ever thought that it was something I would ever do professionally. And uh -huh. so I did all the things that you could expect a good student to do. You know, I was studying biochemistry and, oh. <laughs> uh, you know, wow. thinking that being a doctor was what I had to do. And yes. somewhere in the middle of college, I knew that I was burning out and mm. in my heart, I was unhappy. And, right. um, I actually talk about it in my last book when striving cease, it was my story and really my story of how grace changed my life. And ultimately God got a hold of my heart and caused me to recognize that it's never about what I can do. Mm. It's really about, um, him wanting to transform my heart by the grace yes. of God and yes. not by my own hands and my work. And when that happened, Kara was when I was actually able to embrace my artistic talent, mm -hmm. because rather than feeling like it was something I had to succeed in, it was something I could offer up. And so, that. um, years later, and I'm just fast forwarding through the story, but years later, after many years of blogging at gracelace.com thinking I was just trying to share my story of God's grace in my life. Um, I came into a season where my boys could tie shoelaces and help with things. And um, when my sixth was born, I had olders in the house. And that was a season where the Lord opened up an opportunity during nap times for me just to draw a little, paint a little. And I was putting that on Instagram, not thinking I was ever going to sell mm -hmm. it. And um, Grace Lace, the shop was born um, in 2013. And so it's mm -hmm. been nine years of um, you know, I, I feel like I've been artistic my whole life, but in the last nine years, it's been a very focused time where it has no longer been about me. Mm. It wasn't, it's not this pressure to perform. Yes. It's simply like, well, God, you gifted me with this gift. If I marry this with the truth of your word, I can just offer it. And if, if it will bless others then I've done, I serve my purpose in I it. And that. so that's, that's the mission, um, with grace laced. And I'm really grateful to still be painting and combining words and art together mm -hmm. in both product form and in book form. They're so beautiful. Thank and I you. love just that picture of offering up what he's given us, everything he gives us, we get to just present right back, mm -hmm. you know, in the old Testament where they're building the temple and it talks about the crafted, the, the, the craftsmen that he's skilled specifically mm -hmm. for the work that they have been given. Sometimes in the church, I think we discount that and we think, oh, well, if you're not a pastor or you're not a teacher, then mm -hmm. your gifting isn't is important, but God wastes nothing. He wastes nothing. Amen. And so the beautiful offering that you are able to give back to him um, is such a blessing. So mm -hmm. really, really good. Um, I thought we'd just wrap up today. Just if you have any other takeaways you want us to hear or any new ad advice for new moms or those raising littles or just anything you want to make sure that we cover before we wrap up today. Yeah, I think if I could say anything to um, a listener, I would just say if you're weary right now, friend, if, if you're listening in and going, oh my goodness, I, I just need somebody to tell me how to, how to, how to do this. And I feel like I'm missing the mark or I'm just a bad mom and everybody else's kids. They're like having the time of their lives and I'm just barely holding on. Yes. I just want to say that, um, the pressure is off yeah. that we are by how well you get um, the Christmas traditions, right. You're not measured by whether or not you, um, 
lost your temper yesterday. Every single moment is an opportunity to turn your heart back to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And if you are in Christ right now, if you are a sister in Christ, then there is no condemnation and it's, there's grace and freedom and every opportunity to say, because you came as God with us, um, you'll never leave me or forsake me. Mm. I have freedom today because I could go right back to my Abba father and say, okay, I need you. I, I, I tried it. I tried going off and trying to control things on my own. My goodness, that did not work. Remind me again that Jesus is all I need. And if you don't know him, Christmas is the perfect time Mm. that he came for you. He came to show you that you don't need to walk this earth alone. Mm, So good. So good. I love that along with just posturing and remembering with our hearts, just this beautiful opportunity that we get to show our kids that too, right? So when I really blow it and get it wrong, I get to show them what it looks like to ask for forgiveness and to repent and to say, mama is still just a sinner in need of a savior, right? And so such an opportunity to point back. That's really good. Thank you. Okay. We asked three questions before we wrap up every interview that are just fun. Uh, Revelation Wellness is a ministry that does all sorts of outreach things, but specifically we train um, fitness instructors to use fitness as a tool to spread the gospel. So Mm -hmm. a lot of our our topics are around that. But my first question for you is not, it's do you prefer coffee, tea, or kombucha? Ooh, definitely coffee. Okay. Yeah. How do you like it? I like all three. I like all three. Well, you know what? I am super boring now. At 46 years old, I'm drinking my coffee black every day. And such um, a grown up, such yeah, a grown up. Look at feels that. So serious now. <laughs> Good. Okay. Favorite brand of athletic wear? Ooh, okay. Well, um, because I don't have a very large collection of athletic wear, I'd say <laughs> I've experienced mostly Athleta and I do like yeah. them a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one is what is your favorite way to move your body? Mm, That's a good one. You know, I'm not naturally very athletic or very, um, like my husband is just the opposite. He's like always on the go and wanting to exercise. For me, it has to be connected to something that I think that my heart needs. And so I have to go outside for a walk. So the best way to get outside um, and move my body is if I take one of my sons with me and I feel like it's a conversation, it's a time to really connect, Mm -hmm. or it's a time for me to talk to the Lord while I watch and Mm -hmm. see how he is in control of all of nature. And I think that really does my heart good. So I'm assuming that those who listen in here are already wired to like get out there and move. But if anyone's like not motivated just remember that um, if somebody like me, who I, I'm really bound to my desk and painting or writing all the time, that it does, it actually builds me up in every other thing that I do with my life when Absolutely. I get moving. When Absolutely. My, when I move my body, um, that actually causes me, me to be more productive, more inspired, more creative in yes. the other things that I have to do. Yes. Yes. Our bodies were made to move. Like when we get out and move, faults come more clearly and every, everything shifts for me personally, things shift when I choose to go move and listen to truth. And so we're, we're big advocates of that (laughs) around here, as you can imagine. Well, we are so thankful that you joined us here, Ruth. Um, If people would like to pick up your book and I hope they will, um, they can get that from most major book retailers. Is that correct? Yes. Everywhere. Yes. Everywhere you find books. And if you want to learn more, you can go to emmanuelbook.com. Perfect. And we'll also put your info um, in the show notes so y'all can swipe up to learn more about Ruth. But um, I'm just so thankful that you spent this time with us. Thanks for teaching us and joining us here. And our Christmas seasons are going to be 
different um, through what we're going to learn and implement here through your book. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was such an honor to be here. All right, listeners, thanks for being here and we'll catch you next time. Friends, we hope this episode blessed you. And if you love it as much as we did, would you share it with a friend? And be sure to swipe up on the show notes. You will find all the links mentioned in the episode. Let's keep the conversation going. You can leave us an audio message and tell us how this episode sparked something in your heart. We would love to hear from you and hear what you think. Thank you for being here and be sure to connect with us soon in all the places. Peace.